You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council with your host, Josh Gibson. Thank you, deep-voiced person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the train track enclosed nerve center that is the headquarters of the Office of Cable TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment. It's also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television, so it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of D.C. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council's just like your workplace, except with the dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Listeners, we nearly wrapped up our first and second round of interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and iTunes. They're focused mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies, successes and struggles. Now in our third round, we're going to focus more on the people at the council, colleagues, coworkers, community leader, leaders, and the like. Uh, and a disclaimer, we shared the general questions in advance so the council members could prep if they chose to. And council members can always pass on a question if they want. So now, without any further ado, let's welcome back for a third time, council member at large, Alyssa Silverman. Hello, Josh. Great to be here. Thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so our leadoff question is, and, and you've just come through a year that I think has called on your uh, inner strength and determination, and uh, I have to admit, I'm in awe of you. Um, oh, wow. This is like the definition of buttering me up. Uh, it, man, it was, a, it was a challenging year. Um, deep, deep respect. Um, talk to me about your role models. And if possible, a role model like someone you knew and maybe someone you don't know. Terrific. A famous person. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you so much. uh, And uh, thank you for your kind remarks. It certainly was a challenging uh, 2018. uh, But I will tell you that I came out of it uh, very uh, energized. Uh, not only to win re-election, but as well, there are we all have challenges in our life. Uh, and at different times in my life, I've had different resiliencies. And uh, I've found that uh, through various um, support mechanisms, friends, family, colleagues, um, I came uh, through it all very resilient. So um, thanks for saying that. Uh, in terms of role models, it's funny. I did get the questions in advance. And, um, you know, I think for various 
parts of my life. I have different role models. Um, I certainly, um, when you talk about my public life, I think um, there are several local role models that I have. Uh, I wouldn't have ever run for council if it wasn't for the encouragement and influence uh, of two specific friends, uh, Jeff Francer and Lori Bettinger, who are Ward 2 residents, and, and Jeff and I went to Brown uh, together, uh, Brown University, uh, as well as Kathy Patterson, the former Ward 3 council member and current DC auditor. Uh, Kathy for me, it was has been a friend and a mentor since I was a reporter, and she was the Ward Three Council member. Uh, certainly, I see her as somebody who uh, is a public official of integrity who deeply cares about this city and making sure uh, that it is a city of opportunity for all. Uh, then, of course, uh, I probably wouldn't have won election in 2014 uh, my, in my, for my first term uh, without the surprising endorsement of Marion Barry. Um, who came uh, and endorsed me in the final weeks of the campaign. And I think, uh, I have to say, of all the endorsements I've received now, uh, it is Barry's endorsement is the one in which people change minds uh, and continues to influence people. Uh, in terms of... Uh, Role models. Um, otherwise, um, you know, I uh, certainly have a lot of respect uh, and, and admiration and love for my parents. Uh, and um, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Now, so two questions. One is that I don't know if you can go into the kind of the story behind the story. Uh, if you're comfortable, but with the, the Barry endorsement, hmm. Hmm. how does something like that come about? Was that solicited? Um, was that volunteered? What What can you tell me about I that? I think it was through uh, a lot of years of relationship building. Uh, I met um, Mayor Barry when I was a reporter. Um, and I think the time I got to know him best was when I uh, served as the Loose Lips reporter for City Paper. And at that time, Mayor Barry was running for the Ward 8 seat. Um, so this challenges my memory. Um, but uh, let's see, he had uh, left uh, as mayor, let's see, in 98. Uh, and then uh, he was in private life for a while. And then in two th he was rumored to run for the at-large seat in 2002, but he didn't. So that was probably my first uh, encounter with him because there were a lot of rumors that he might challenge, actually. I believe it was at the time at-large council member Mendelssohn. Uh, but uh, the mayor did not do that. Uh, but he did run in 2004, challenged uh, then council member Sandy Allen. Uh, and I covered that campaign fairly closely and had some fun interactions with um, 
Mayor Barry at the time. He then became Councilmember Barry. He won that election, uh, and I changed positions. I'll give one one fun piece of advice that he gave me. So I uh, left the city paper and went to the Washington Post. And I will always remember being on the fifth floor uh, when uh, Councilmember Barry learned of this, and he told me it was a big mistake. And he told me, uh, Silverman, you're not uh, part of the est- the post is part of the establishment, and you're you're anti-establishment. You're going to be miserable. Uh, and he was right. <laughs> um, uh, the Washington Post is a wonderful institution uh, and certainly doing great journalism, especially right now. I was not a very successful reporter at the Post, uh, maybe a little bit for what Councilmember Barry said and for other things. Uh, and then we uh, worked together again when I was at D.C. Fiscal Policy Institute. Uh, he is often the champion, uh, as he used to put it, of uh, at least the last and the lost. Uh, DCFPI um, advocates for working families in the city, so we often work together on legislation. Uh, and then when I ran, the first time he did not endorse me in 2013, uh, but we continued to talk uh, and continued to, uh, I did solicit his endorsement and he did vol- he volunteered it. Actually, the way it happened was the Washington Post did not endorse me, and I'd say hours later, uh, Councilmember Barry did. Wow, that's that's good to hear. And and so, do you think it was the constituency, or that the common constituency that you both represented, or the personality, or some combination that, that pulled him in? So he had a wonderful letter uh, that I could not do justice to, uh, in which uh, he uh, admitted that it is a surprising endorsement that he never thought in a million years that he would uh, support me. Uh, but I, I, I'll just boil it down to what I remember is that he felt that I would be the best advocate uh, for Ward 8 residents in that race. Uh, And uh, I keep that endorsement in mind when I am making decisions at the council. Uh, and then, am I remembering right that Kathy Patterson was also a former reporter? Yes, she was. Uh, for I believe she was a Washington correspondent uh, for the Kansas City Star. And I know, as a as a, um, as a sports fan, that both you and Kathy Patterson are both kind of the let's go to the videotape. You're both sort of Warner Wolf, like in your council duties. You're like. Let's go to the facts. Let's go to the documentation. Let's pull the report. Let's pull the stats. That's kind of the maybe the Warner Wolf analogy is an app, but I see you guys as really let's go to the documentation and get it right. Sure. I see you guys having that. In uh, everyone is influenced by their experiences, and I think different elected officials bring. Uh, their backgrounds into the job. Uh, you know, I I always tell one of my seatmates is Councilmember Che, uh, who uh, everyone knows is a constitutional law professor, and I always say to Councilmember Che that, you know, I uh, am jealous of her legal expertise and have some feel inadequate sometimes because I don't have that uh background, legal background, but the background I do bring is as a reporter and somebody who appreciates documentation and looking at original doc, source documents uh, and under and holding people accountable. Um, you know I, in a prior show we talked about my Baltimore roots. 
Certainly that was made an issue in my campaign, uh, but one famous Baltimorean who was a journalist was H.L. Mencken. Um, and I believe one of the things that Mankin always said is, you know, the job of a journalist is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And that is something that I think about as well. Right. Yeah. And the whole, the whole Baltimore thing was just so strange because so few of our famous leaders are from here. Barry came from Itabina, Mississippi. Um, you know, I, we ha, you know, uh, we have had some leaders who are native Washingtonians, Fenty, Mayor Gray, of course, Mayor uh, Bowser. But uh, you know, what makes our city dynamic is the mix of people who have a long time history here and institutional knowledge of the city, uh, as well as people who bring a new uh, view to it. Uh, earlier today, Josh, I watched the moving of the uh, Jewish Museum, uh, which is actually the original Addis Israel Synagogue. Uh, for those of you who ever uh, venture in the area of Judiciary Square, you might have seen the synagogue. It's a small little red brick building. It's moved three times in our city, uh, most recently because of the new Capitol Crossing project, uh, which covers over, you know, the uh, 395 Expressway. Uh, the, The synagogue needed to move. And I think what's so incredible about it is just that little piece of town, you know, was once the center of uh, Jewish life. It was also the center of the Italian community. There's still a Catholic church in which I think there's an Italian uh, festival every year. We're talking about uh, right at uh, 3rd and F Streets, um, Northwest. Um, You know, the city changes, but what we need to do is uh, understand our story. Uh, Our story is evolving in the district. Uh, We need to have an appreciation uh, for all of our stories uh, and how they intersect and are interwoven. Uh, And I think having that understanding helps us uh, appreciate how we're all connected and how our stories, uh, though they might be different, uh, contribute to the richness of this city. And this country. Definitely. And, uh, you know, obviously I have a lot... I, th- I have a lot to say about uh, the uh, wrongheadedness and r- racist uh, views of our president uh, that are just contrary, in my opinion, uh, to uh, the values of this uh, country and of this city. Right. But it's only a half hour show. Oh, so we hold won't on. Go okay, there. let's was, keep going. If it was an eight, you what know, else an, is on that eight list part, three-hour show. Uh, That's right. We, we need to get stuff in before the deep the, voice person with the funky backbeat interrupts us. Turns to us. Exactly. So what's next? Uh, so why don't we talk about uh, some of the behind-the-scenes people at the council that oh. I feel like don't get enough attention. Why don't I we agree. talk about folks uh, on, on your staff? Is there anyone on your staff who you feel? I know it's tough and problematic to, to single out anyone, but are there any kind of behind the scene heroes on your staff sure. or council support staff? Oh, I well, feel like you, you, I appreciate that you are one of those people who knows everyone's name 
at the council. <laughs> it's funny you All say that. All the support staff. Um, so I feel like you'd be someone good at answering this question. Oh, well, certainly it would be perilous to single anyone out. Um, but what I will say to listeners is the staff does the heavy lifting. So I consider myself, I'm the like the front man or front woman, uh, but it is uh, my staff that really does the important work in coordination with the staff from other uh, council members, offices, and other committees. And, you know, I just see us as all part of a, uh, you know, uh, of an organization that is trying to better um, the lives of residents. And yes, I, uh, it's funny you say that. I do put a premium on making sure I know everyone in the building uh, and introducing myself to uh, new members of, of the government um, because I just think that's how... Um, how an office should work, a workplace should work. I, I, I'm going to rave a little bit about, about my staff. Um, I, you know, I put a premium on uh, people, on on uh, personality, and uh, make and having a group of people work together who like each other, who like working together, and who are really committed to the city. And I feel really blessed with the staff I have. You know, we have heroes in in different areas. I have terrific uh, frontline engagement staff, uh, constituent services staff, uh, Pat Joseph, who does my constituent services, Ashley Fox, who's my community engagement director and also communications director who works with you, Josh, Sharnisa Royster, my fabulous guest scheduler who, uh, if you call our office and want to meet with me, you're, you're going to interact with Sharnisa, and she saves me from a lot of uh, embarrassment in terms of making sure I get to things uh, on time uh, and to the right place. Um, then uh, we have, uh, I sort of see my staff in three groups. Then I have what I what we call part of my legislative staff. These are folks uh, like Sam Rosen Amy, my legislative director, uh, Kelly Hunt, uh, and then, of course, uh, who works on housing issues and education issues. And then, of course, my great chief of staff, Michelle Blackwell, who sort of is the great uh, conductor of the office, making sure every everyone's uh, on this, you know, on the same music play sheet. Then there's the committee. Um, tell me if I'm going on and on too much, but I have a fabulous uh, labor committee staff. And what's fun about my uh, labor committee staff is a lot of them came from the federal government. Um, so we have uh, my committee director, Liz Weiss, um, and uh, Daniel Savory, who are my uh, who is my uh, counsel, both came from the U.S. Department of Labor, so they've seen uh, labor issues from the federal level, though they were uh, district residents. Um, and we uh, have uh, Keisha Brown, who's also our legal counsel, and we just got a new addition uh, from the great city of New York, uh, Margaret Ahora, who just joined us um, and is uh, excited to bring her experience uh, to D.C. But the heavy lifting, Josh, is done by the staff. Um, you know, every council member has a different model of how their office works. Uh, and a lot of people ask me, well, how do you make decisions about policy? I really rely heavily on my staff. Uh, I trust them. I trust their judgment. Um, you know, of course, there are always, there are so few issues where I know that my uh, opinion might 
differ uh, than my staffs, but in general, uh, I really trust them to do uh, what you uh, said I do earlier, which is, you know, look at the evidence, uh, do the analysis, talk to the interested parties uh, and the experts to really form a, a good opinion on, on what is right for the District of Columbia. Gotcha. Now let's do one quick people question, and then I want to make sure we have plenty of time for the closeout round. Oh, okay. The closeout round yeah, is extra. we always give it's, that short shrift. We do, and I want to make sure we do a good job with it this time. So a quick question, and if you can't give me an answer, just say, I can't answer that one. Okay. Um, I want to know, is there one person you would single out as a promising up-and-comer in local politics or a community leader? Someone. So, I, so let me, I'll give an answer in general uh, in that a lot of our advisory neighborhood commissioners who are just elected are bringing a tremendous energy. I, I, I won't single out, but I will say that I've been an observer of this city now for three decades. Uh, so, you know, Jack Evans and Phil Mendelson have nothing on me, but uh, I will say the energy and enthusiasm and just interest in how our city works among a lot of our ANC commissioners and commitment to the city, I think, is at a level that I've never seen before. Okay. Is that sufficient? Good, good to hear. Um now, interestingly, the last round of questions is I'm going to give you a bunch of odd jobs. Okay. And I want to know which of your colleagues you think would be best suited for that job and oh, why. Oh, boy. Now, this the interesting is thing is, nah, I think it'll be good. Um, Councilmember Nadeau has been my first interviewee for each of the three rounds. Mm. And when I gave her that description, she thought she had to volunteer the odd jobs. Oh. And she said... There's one council member who I will go to that gates of hell and back with. Okay. And that is Alyssa Silva. All right. Well, so I, that was like. She's been a. Let me rave about council member Nadeau. I know you're a Ward 1 resident, so you know how terrific she is, but she has been a fabulous partner. And some of the most difficult, important things in her work on the Human Services Committee has been outstanding. That just totally caught me by surprise and was such a like emotional, honest, emotional, cool moment that I just wanted to oh, let well, you know thank that thank you for happened. highlighting that. Um, okay, so from the, the sublime to the ridiculous, which council member would you choose to assemble IKEA furniture and why? No. Oh, that's an interesting one. So somebody, uh, it has to be a rule follower, someone who would read directions and not get frustrated. Um... Wow. Maybe Charles Allen. Charles Allen, okay. Um, who would you like to drive cross-country with? Oh, see, that's an unfair question, uh, Josh. You know who I think no, would be... No, who would you least want to drive cross-country no, with no, is no. an unfair question. So I will tell you that... Um, can I use a councilman, a former colleague? So I think Yvette Alexander would be a blast to do a cross-country trip with. I would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, who would you uh, take to a speed networking event? Speed networking event? Yes. Um, I would say uh, Councilmember Evans because he, I think, knows a lot of people given his 28,000 years in district government. Yes, and he never talks for long about any one topic. Um, okay, who would you take home to meet? Plus, he goes to a. He keeps telling me so. Councilmember Evans keeps telling me I need to go to more black tie events with him. 
Okay. Yeah, in that uh, he thinks that council members don't go to enough uh, society events. Okay. I need to get an outfit, though. I keep telling him that's the, the main obstacle is I need more outfits. A uh, black tie worthy. Because men have it so easy, Josh. You can just wear a tuxedo. I got to I gotta wear a different outfit every time. Yeah, that's true, because people, people know. Here there's something called Rent the Runway, which might be helpful yeah. uh, to this. I, I think so. Ever. Okay, let's keep going. This which, is fun. Uh, which council member would you want to take home to meet your family? Oh, that's a tough one. Um... So I will tell you that um, my uh, council member, Todd, just came into my office yesterday about he wants to get together with my mother, that he, um, my mother who watches, listens to all of these broadcasts, she's one of your biggest fans, watches a lot of the council hearings. She came up to council member Todd at the uh, swearing in ceremony. Uh, and they had a delightful conversation, and Councilmember Todd said, I'd love to get together with your mom and have Prosecco. So that's one of Councilmember Todd's favorite drinks. I don't know if I'm revealing too much here, but he's he loves Prosecco. Okay, that, that is new to me. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, who would you trust to compile a musical playlist? Mm. Uh... Well, I have to say that I used to notice on his old car that Councilmember Grasso had a Grateful Dead, one of those Grateful Dead bears, and I really dislike the Grateful Dead. So I don't, I, even though I think we might have more in common musically, the Grateful Dead might be a non-negotiable. Okay. I'm not sure I share musical I will tell you, though, I was um, barged in uh, to Count, uh, Chairman Mendelssohn's office, and he was rocking out to some uh, some classic R&B and soul tunes um, during the end of the year. So I don't know, I mean, maybe I'd pick Mendo. I asked Mendo that question without hesitation. He said Mary Che, and when questioned on why, he wouldn't reveal a word. Now, they might have similar musical tastes. I would say, um, you know, I don't, I, my guess is that I don't share musical taste with too many uh, members. Um, I mean, I probably do in some things, but uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Councilmember Nindo and I never talked about music. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I want to, we talked about this earlier, about in an earlier episode, but I definitely want to bring more of an appreciation. Certainly there's a lot of appreciation for Go-Go. Uh, and there should be in our city, but well, certainly we've ha we have a great history of punk music in this city. That uh, we gave a ceremonial resolution to the Black Cat, actually, right. and that was a lot of fun. Um, Dante and his wife came uh, to receive it, and I and and certainly the Black Cat is changing too. You know, they're giving gave up the Red Room uh, at the end of the year, right. uh, but I I would like to bring a greater appreciation uh, to uh, both the council and, and and the government about the influence of uh, the punk music scene. I just brought out a great book actually uh, over Christmas at Solid State Books about the punk DC punk scene in the eighties. 80s and 90s. It's a pictorial uh, book and a lot of fun. 
Yeah, folks don't seem to know the punk half of the, the yeah. puzzle as well as the Yeah, when we were giving the ceremonial and talking about all the great bands that, not just Fugazi, uh, that have um, had their start here and Bad Brains and so forth, uh, uh, those names seem to be a, a little um, new to, to some of my colleagues. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should figure out a way to do that. I could, okay, I let's could, do I that. Could too. Maybe we could do that. a show on that. We, maybe, maybe. That would be fun. The theme for round four is still up in the air. I'm thinking of grab maybe bag or council members' big local themes. Music, so. uh, maybe your favorite local band. That would be fun, like a tiny desk concert, kind of like what NPR does. Yeah. What about a tiny desk concert here? We could, we could work with Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. Now, one last thing okay. from the grab bag. Um, uh, fighting off barbarians. Who Which would fight member? off barbarians? Well, mm-hmm. uh, who's feisty? I would go with Councilmember Che on that. Che's getting a lot of votes for barbarians, and my response is always: if you can fight off cancer, you can fight off barbarians. Well, you know, I uh, I have a tremendous admiration for Councilmember Che, uh, as I mentioned, not only in terms of her legal expertise, uh, but Councilmember Che often wages. Um, really tough fights. Um, you know, the story and the post about uh, the person who had followed through with the death with dignity, first right. person to um, to to do that, uh, was an incredible story, and that wouldn't have happened without Councilmember Che. Absolutely. Or Councilmember Alexander. That's right, because she moved the bill in her committee. Despite um, personal opposition. Yes, the, um, and I still think she would be a fantastic uh, cross-country companion. I would probably not be. I don't like driving that much, Josh. So after like the fourth hour, I would probably um, be less fun. Right. Um, but uh, And also with your love of DC Punk, whoever was driving with you might after four hours, if they're not a punk fan, might yeah, well, also. They might be converted, they, though. One however. of two things would happen. Yeah. Conversion or U-turn. There, I think there could be some conversion there. Yeah. Um, you know, we can put on some Q and not U. Uh, but uh, I um, think that this is a fun group of questions. Absolutely. What yeah. else did people? So did it? Was I named in anything else? Uh, well, Gates of Hell, Alyssa Silverman, <laughs> uh, Robert White volunteered that he wanted to go to a ball game and drink beers with you and Charles Allen. Oh, okay. Together. We're both baseball fans, yes. Uh, Chairman Mendelssohn said he wanted to, like, have a feast. That with, he thought it'd be fi fun to cook a feast and sit down me? for a feast with you. Really? Yeah. He he was skittish on a lot of the questions, but that, that kind of came That's out That's surprising. Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you something that Council, uh, that Chairman Mendelssohn and I share, along with Councilmember Che, is a love of cats. So Chairman Mendelssohn just shared with me that he got a new cat, um, and I'm a big kitty person. My office, we're pro-cat, Josh. That's another thing. Uh, if you, The last question I probably need to ask now if I'm hiring someone is, where are you? Are you cat or dog? Because we are firmly a cat office. We like dogs, uh, but we are we are kitty people. Uh, and I think there are some, uh, like Councilmember Allen is a dog guy. Councilmember White, uh, Robert White's a dog owner. Uh, we, I am, you know, I love my cat. I think we, this was another uh, conversation topic before. He's my best friend. Yes, Mr. Us Usman. Mr. Usman. Yes. yes. You see, I know from Twitter. He's, 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 
He's a very lo unconditional love. I love it. That's the best, the best kind. Of it love. is. Well, anyway, thank you again so much, Councilmember, for uh, for coming back for a third time, um, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. Tune in again next time. We're uh, here at DC Radio at ninety six point three on your HD4 dial or dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. Thank you.